Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Today we kick off Man Month. This is a time that we celebrate our fathers and we learn what it takes to be a father according to the Word of God. Today's sermon is entitled Necessity of Building a Boat by Pastor Brad Wilkinson. And now, Pastor Brad. We are in the month of June, which means... Around, uh, yeah, it's Father's Day, just a couple weeks away. Ladies, don't forget your husbands. They, unless they didn't get you anything for Mother's Day, then don't get them anything. They deserve it. <laughs> Father's Day, just a couple weeks away. But the month of June around here at Christian Life Church is also known as Man Month. Man Month. And so all month, listen, we're going to do our very best to encourage, to enrich, and to affirm the men of Christian Life Church. And so today, gentlemen, if you gave me a grrr and a, a flex, I need you to lean in today. I need you to turn your listening ears on as I tell my four-and-a-half-year-old. Because I believe today, listen, I, and I don't say this lightly, I believe God wants to, to start something today in the men of Christian Life Church. And we're going to be preaching about and to um, the men for the rest of the month, but I believe he wants to start something great today. So uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis. If you're halfway through your Bible, stop and go back to the front. (laughs) Genesis chapter 6, verse number 14. Genesis 6, verse 14. Says this Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. Everybody say inside and outside with pitch. For just a few moments today, I want to preach to you on this subject the necessity of building a boat. The necessity of building a boat. In Genesis chapter 6, God is instructing Noah to build a boat. And I believe it's important today, gentlemen, families, as the head of our household, that we understand how Noah got his family saved. I, I don't think that there's any greater calling in the world than to understand and figure out how to get our families saved. And if you go um, to Hebrews chapter 11 and 17, it recalls this incident of Noah in the New Testament. And this is called the the Hall of Fame in the Bible, if you will. It's the, the Hall of Faith. And the writer of the book of Hebrews introduces an impressive list of heroic figures from the Old Testament. Remarkable men and women whose stories stand out and encourage and challenge our faith throughout time. And he lists the story that we read at the beginning, the story of Noah at the top. Hebrews 11 and 7 says this, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, speaking the fear of the Lord here, prepared an ark to the saving of his family. Noah saved his 
family, one man given a command by God as the head of his home. You, Noah. You, Noah, are responsible for saving your family, your wife, and your children. You, Noah, are responsible for saving your family. Noah, your, your choices are going to affect other people. What you do is going to have great ramifications upon your own family. Noah, you are responsible. Remember what the Bible says in the New Testament, in the teachings of Jesus. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Lord comes back. And I'm here to tell you today, sir, that if the man of the house was responsible for saving his family in these times, then the man of the house is responsible for saving his family in these times. Come on, do you believe that this morning? And it's going to take some men, I'm just going to be honest with you, who will continue to step up to the plate. Some men that will continue to bow up. Some men that will continue to stand up and not shrink back to a culture that says, listen, this is maybe kind of weird and it may be kind of different, but it's going to take some men who have the courage and the faith to say, you know what? It is my responsibility to get my family to heaven. Do you believe that today? If you have kids in the house, I've started to realize over the last four and a half years that my greatest responsibility in life is to get my family to heaven. And I know our struggles are different. It doesn't matter where you are in in the parenting stage. I suffer from exhaustion from time to time. And if you have a teenager, that's probably not what you worry about. You're not chasing an 18, 20-month-old around the house just praying she doesn't get up the stairs and fall down. That's not your battle. Your battle, right, is heartbreak because teenagers, because of unwise choices, You're not chasing them around, but your heart is broken from time to time because of the choices that they choose to make. And so, though the battle may be different, the battle is the same and and the struggle is real. We must save our families and the responsibility is on us. I love this. Mark Twain said that if you have a 13-year-old, put them in a barrel, nail the top on. And feed them through the knot hole. And when they turn 16, plug up the knot hole. Some of our greatest joys and pains in life have to do with raising our children. The greatest joys, the greatest scares, the greatest pains will come through raising our family. And after, after reading the story of Noah... And studying his story and everything that God called him to do for the next few minutes, I I just want to pull four things out of the story and the life of Noah that I believe, gentlemen, are paramount if you are going to get your family saved. If you don't 
have your Bible today and you don't have you don't want to look at the screens, you can follow along today in, in our Live U version app on your cell phone, or if you're taking notes, you may want to write this down. The first thing that stands out to me this morning about Noah is that Noah understood his role and he understood his responsibility. Without question, God has ordained the pattern for the home. And it's recorded in in the New Testament like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. That the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman, stay with me, is man. And the head of Christ is God. Now gentlemen, listen, if this scripture makes you stomp around, I'm the man of the house with your chest bowed out. Screaming at the top of your lungs, I'm the man of the house. You better listen to what I say, woman. You better check yourself. Because I will venture to say that if if that's you, you have no comprehension of what this passage is saying. In fact, I would venture to say that you have absolutely no idea what this passage is saying. Your spirit is probably out of whack and not right. And first of all, if we have to go around, man, let's be honest. If we have to go around telling everybody that we're the man of the house with our chest bowed out, we're probably not being the man of the house. And so we feel a need to go around telling everybody. The fact that God has said that the man is the head of the home should not drive us to stomp around screaming at the top of our lungs. Listen to me. You have to listen to everything I say. I'm the man of the house. No, sir. It should drive you to your knees saying the responsibility of getting my family saved and getting my family to heaven is so heavy on my shoulders that I don't even know that I have what it takes to get the job done. Gentlemen, this is not the hour to be on the spiritual sidelines hoping that mama is filling the kids with spirituality and spiritual truth. It's not mama's job. It's our job. It's not their job to bring them to church. It's our job. It's our job to read the Bible. It's our job to pray It's our job to fear the Lord for our family. Come on, man, if you're in the house, can you give me a flex and a grr, one, two, three. Good. Some of y'all need to work out. I'm just saying. Because here's what we like to do. And and I'm I'm with you, right? Well, I, I mean, I bring home a good paycheck. Do you see the yard that I mow? Ooh. The edges are perfect. I can, I can grill some crazy good chicken and burgers on the grill. That's what I do. That's pretty much what, what I do. It's, it, that's my job. But gentlemen, your job is far more greater than mowing a yard and bringing home a paycheck Our job, as commanded by the word of God, is to get our families saved. 
We must take our wives to heaven. We must get our children to heaven. We must have a God-honoring home. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the youth pastor's job. It's not the, the kids' ministry's job. Men, it is our job. It's your job and it's my job to get our families to heaven. That's why in this day and age we can't afford to be laid back, nonchalant men. Because frankly, can I just, can I just be real with you? God didn't call Mrs. Noah to build the boat. He called Mr. Noah to build the boat. So gentlemen, it's time that you and I become boat builders today and begin to build a boat for the saving of our family. In Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of heroes listed among them at the top, we've said, was Noah. But Noah wasn't there because he was some fantastic preacher or because he preached some unbelievable mega crusades throughout eternity. Or because he authored some incredible book in the Bible. No, all Noah did was make sure that his entire family was saved. He made sure that when judgment came down, his family rose up above the judgment. Gentlemen, it's our job to get our family saved. And if you and I, at the end of our day, whenever that is, when, when God calls us home, if we can understand that if that's all we do in life was lead our family to Jesus Christ and make sure they get to heaven and we do it according to this book right here, then, sir, you have nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't matter how much money you've accumulated. It doesn't matter what name you've built for yourself. If one day your family is written in the Lamb's book of life, you, sir, have been a greater success than you will ever know. He built something that allowed them to rise above disaster that was coming all around them. The boat that he built was the boat that God told him to build. Now listen, it was Noah's responsibility to build the boat, but Noah then had to go to his family and invite each one of his children to get on the boat. Dads, let me, let me just encourage you today. Listen, you, you're not responsible for your children if they choose not to get on the boat that you provide that will take them safely to heaven. But it is our responsibility to build the boat. But they have to choose. I can't choose for my kids and you can't choose for your kids. But if I will build a boat, it will bring them to a place of choice. Where they, have a, they say, you know what, I've got to make a decision here. I know what I need to do and I've been given the opportunity to choose yes or to choose no. And parents, we must bring our children to a place where they have the opportunity to choose. If I leave them treading water, if I leave them reaching for driftwood in the sea and the ocean, they will be lost. But it's our job to build a boat. 
God said, it's your job, Noah. Build it, sir. It's your job. Build the boat for your family. Your children are counting on it. Your wife is counting on it. If you don't, do you understand the magnitude of this? Noah, if you don't build a boat, your family will die. Noah, it is your job to man up and build a boat for the saving of your family. The second thing that I want to draw your attention to this morning about the story of Noah is this. God gave Noah specific instructions on how to build the boat. Here's the key. And Noah followed them. Defined directions on how to build the ark. And Noah followed them. God knew, right? God knew that we didn't know how to build an ark that would save our family. God knew that Noah had no idea how to build a boat that large. Lord, I don't even know how to put something on the wall. Lord, he knew, God knew that Noah didn't know how to build a boat. And so he gave him instructions. How many of your children came with an instruction manual when you left the hospital? I begged and prayed, but they, sorry, sir, we're all out. We don't have any. You're on your own. We don't have instruction manuals. We, we don't really know how to do it. They don't teach us courses on raising your children teach you on how to get through childbirth and we're grateful for that gentlemen but they don't teach us parenting classes at the hospital we don't know what we're going to do so God said listen that's okay I'm going to give you very clear instructions on how to do this don't don't be afraid dad I know, Noah, that you've, you've never been a boat builder, so here's, here's what I want you to do, Noah. Here's what I want you to do. Are you ready, Noah? Take some notes, Noah. Whatever you got to do, buddy. Here we go. I want you to build this boat 450 feet long. Build the ark that is going to save your family 75 feet wide. Build it three different stories high and put a window 18 inches from the roof. And I want you to put one door on the side and do it exactly like I tell you. And Noah, if you do it exactly like I tell you to do, according to the instruction manual, the Bible that I give you, if you won't veer to the left or to the right, if you won't ask so-called professional boat builders on how to build a boat, because frankly, I don't care what their opinion is, I don't care what anybody else says, Noah, I know that there's been people that have been mocking you and making fun of you, saying you're just an old party pooper. You don't want your family to have any fun. You're just an old school Christian parent. Why won't you let your kids go there? Why won't you participate in these certain things? Build an ark, Noah, that will save your family according to the specific Directions that I give you. If Noah would have built his boat 250 feet long instead of 450 feet long. 
If he would have built it four stories high instead of three stories high, it would not have withstood the storm that was coming. It wouldn't have made it. It would have capsized and his entire family would have been lost if he didn't do it the way that God told him to build the boat. Here's the secret. Are you ready? This is so not difficult, but it's the secret. The secret to Noah winning his family is found in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 22. And it says this. Thus did Noah. According to all that God commanded him, so did he. The secret to Noah saving his family was doing it exactly like God had laid out for him to do it. He didn't build the boat out of oak because God said to build it out of gopher wood. He didn't put three doors in it because God said to put one door in it. He did it just like God commanded him to do. And his family was saved. Gentlemen, let me, let me step back and be shoot quite straight with you for a few minutes here. That There's going to be some things, Dad, that if we are going to have a Christian home that we don't get to vote on. There's some things that we don't get to vote on if we choose to have a Christian home. There's some things in our families that are absolutes, that are non-negotiables. If we're going to get our family and our children to heaven. Come on, dads, we've got to have some rules. We've got to have some moral guidelines, some guardrails in life that you will not compromise on. Some things that you may not allow in your home if we are going to get our families saved. I know you have your opinions. Trust me, I have my opinions. Dr. Phil has his opinion. But the only opinion that matters is the one that is found within the pages of this book. The only opinion that matters is the one that is God-breathed, God-ordained. And it's time for the church and it's time for the men of the church to get back to a plan that works. Because we've been trying a whole lot of different plans. We've been trying a lot of different things and I promise you that this plan will work. This plan will stand the test of time. I don't know about all the other opinions. I can't speak to those, but I can speak to the plan that is laid out within these pages. If you want to get your family saved, do it exactly like God said to do it. It's time to draw some lines, dads, and hold some lines. Draw some lines and hold some lines. I've got a four and a half year old son, I've told you, and a 20 month old daughter. And I feel like the last four and a half years of my life have been saying no. <laughs> Why? No. I don't know that I have another no in me. I'm tired of saying no. And quite frankly, sometimes I get tired of explaining why. Why do I have to go to bed? Every single night, son, we go to bed. It doesn't change. 
Daddy, why do you have to sleep downstairs and I have to sleep up here? Mom, I don't have a good answer for you on that one, all right? But it's just time to go to bed. Drawing lines and defending lines. Windsor, Caroline, Dad, it's not really even a question. You just have to have, you just have to be unbelievable. You know what I mean? To catch the, like you're doing dishes. Well, letting the dishwasher do the dishes, but preparing them for the dishwasher. Let me rephrase. And you're cleaning it off, and you put everything in there, and all of a sudden, one of your kids has a knife in their hand. Daddy, can I run around the house with the... No! Why, why would you even pick that up? You're going to stab somebody. Daddy, can I watch a, a video on YouTube? No! Daddy, it's just dude perfect. Like, they do trick shots and stuff. No! Drawing lines and creating lines. Why? No. Why? No. No. Can I have a snack? Sure. What do you want? Oreos. No. Why? Because it's not good for you. How about carrots? Dad. And it wears me down. It's easier for me to say, sure, have the whole box of Oreos, son. Just eat them all. I'm going to sit here and watch ESPN for five minutes by myself. Just I'll get all the milk you want out of the fridge. I mean, just take your liberty, son. Pantry's yours. And it's much easier to say yes and to give in than it is to continue to say no. And if we're not careful, dads, listen closely. If we're not careful, this is what we will become. Are you ready? Show me this picture. Do you have it up here? Yeah. We will become Etch-A-Sketch parents. The knobs on the Etch-A-Sketch, they're awesome because they draw lines. Yes, this is awesome. But dads, you and I, we draw lines and... We're frustrated and we're upset and it's easier to give in and our kids shake us a little bit and we just, ah, I don't even know what to do. And you know what happens when you shake an Etch-A-Sketch? The lines disappear. And so if you and I are not careful, sometimes it's easier for us to just say sure and give in to whatever they want. But it's time for some dads to continue to draw some lines in society today. And to not be shaken and stirred by what the world says and what our kids say. And it's time to hold some lines in our families. Draw some lines. And hold some lines. We see guidelines in the word of God all the time. Don't be unequally yoked. Dad, can I date him? He's real cute. Does he go to church? No, you can't date him. Dad, can, can we please go out? Are they going to go to a party? I, well, uh, no, you can't go out. No, you're staying home. I'll get off this real quick. Sorry, dads. The questions keep coming. They don't stop. One after another. 
As parents, we get shaken. We get tired. Our problem lies in the fact that we draw lines and we erase lines. Dads, there's some things, come on, that we can't allow in our homes. If we're going to get our family saved. There's some guardrails that we have to establish. It says, honey, we don't, we don't allow that stuff into this house. I know they may be doing it. I know they may bring, be bringing it into their home. But as for this house... No, ma'am. I love you. I love you more than you know. But no, I'm sorry. You're not bringing that into my house. Dads, if from time to time, you're not saying, honey, son, why don't you change the channel on that radio station? You, you don't need to be listening to that. or, or what, uh, That's probably not the wise thing for you to be watching. Why don't, you, why don't you flip the channel to something more appropriate? Or dads, if... We're not saying no, son, no, honey. We're not having FaceTime conversations with our boyfriend or girlfriend at 11 o'clock at night. Then can I be honest with you? We're really not doing our job. We're being friends and that's great. We're being buddies and that's great. But we're not being the parents that God is calling us to be. We're being a friend and we're being a buddy. And as a youth pastor who interacts with teenagers on a daily basis, can I tell you today, parents, the last thing that your student and child needs is another friend and another buddy. They've got plenty of friends and they've got plenty of buddies, but what they need is a voice of reason in their life. What they need is a voice that has their best interests at heart. What they need is a dad that will draw some lines and keep some lines when the world and culture says, why do you keep these lines? It's time to erase them. They need a dad. They need a family that will stand up and say, no son, no daughter. That's not the wise thing to do. So we're not going to do it. They don't need, they don't need another buddy and another friend. They need a parent. They need a strong father who will continue to stand your ground when it's not easy. I'm not trying to be Windsor's buddy. I'm not trying to be Caroline's buddy. I'm not trying to just chill with them and hang out with them and make them like me. I'm trying to build a boat that will get my family to heaven. We're talking about eternity, not just high school. We're talking about eternity, not middle school or elementary school or how much your children like you. We're talking about building a boat for eternity. You'll notice that there were definitely some specifics that God called Noah to, but there were some other things within the word of God that weren't so specific. Some things that Noah got the choice on. He didn't tell Noah, hey, put the elephants on the third floor and the squirrels on the second floor and the donkeys on the bottom floor and you and your family are over here. He didn't do that. No, no, no. He, he gave Noah 
some flexibility and said, listen, here's what I'm going to need you to do, Noah. Okay, so I've given you some strict guidelines that you have to follow, but there's some other things that you kind of get a choice on here. But I want you to know me well enough. I want you to be in your word enough. I want you to be in relationship with me to where you know the wise thing to choose for your family when the time comes. Because I'm learning as a young parent that when decisions have to be made, oftentimes I don't have the time to call a fast and pray for six weeks to determine what the next decision is for my family. I've got to choose on the spot. I've got to make a split-second decision. And I need to be led by the Holy Spirit every single day of my life. Some things are just common sense, right? Some things, if you're about to get on a rubber lifeboat, Rowing and rowing to save your family because the one you've been on is sinking. You don't need to take your pet porcupine with you. The third thing is I hurry. That I love about Noah is that Noah, Noah built the boat to last. He built the boat for functionality not for comfort or pleasure while on the seas. It's not the most beautiful thing to ride around in, let's be honest. It's not the the prettiest boat on the water. It's made of gopher wood. It's basically a big rectangular floating barge, three stories high plane with pitch, which is a substance that would waterproof, keep things that are on the outside, on the outside, and the things on the inside, on the inside. Pitch on the outside and on the inside. It it wasn't very attractive. And sometimes, fathers, listen, this Christian family thing, if you look at it in the natural, doesn't look all that appealing to everybody. It may seem like you're missing out. Sometimes it looks like other people's boats are prettier and nicer and floating a whole lot better than your boat. But if you know a flood is coming, it doesn't matter how much money you have, what job you have, or what name you have. All that matters is that you built a boat on the foundation of the Word of God. And when the, when the troubles come down, your boat, sir, your boat will rise and your family will be saved. The Bible puts it this way in Isaiah, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I don't know what your flood may look like. I don't know what it may be that will hit your family from time to time. But be sure, there will be trials that come against our families. But if we have built a boat, we will stand the test of time. Pretty boat will sink. But if we've built an old boat out of gopher wood with a window 18 inches from the top and on the word of God, we will be standing when the storm is over. I'm not trying to build a boat that will last 70 years. I'm trying to build a boat that will last for eternity. Fourth and final thing. I want to draw your attention to this morning about the story of Noah. God said, Noah, take take that pitch 
And I just told you what it was. It was a waterproofing sub- substance for the outside and for the inside. So everything that was on the outside would stay out and everything that was on the inside would stay in. He says, you take that pitch, put it on the outside where everybody sees, but make sure you put pitch on the inside of the boat as well. The fourth thing, the inside of the boat mattered. See, it's easier to put pitch on the outside of the boat because you can just sling it wherever you want and it doesn't really matter. But it's more difficult to put pitch on the inside of the boat because you have to get down in the belly of the dark boat and find all the, all the little crannies and corners and you've got to spread that pitch perfectly on the inside of the boat and it's much more difficult to see. The outside, though, you can just throw it on. And he said, you put the pitch on the outward and the inward, Noah. In essence, here's what he's saying. Make sure you have on the inside what you have on the outside. I want you to cover the boat with pitch on the outside and the inside. I want you to cover your boat where everybody can see it. Well, they will see your good works and glorify God. But I want you to take your Christianity and I don't want it to become something fake and plastic where it's only on the outside. Where you do it on Sundays and you have your church or you have your family with your big Bible under your arms and your family like a bunch of ducks behind you and you're going to church. Bless God. Hallelujah. Here we go, family. And then you leave church and you don't talk about God all week. You never pray with your family. You don't mention Jesus except when you're coming to church because you have to get spiritual real quick. We don't ever talk about the word of God. Don't ever mention God in general all week long. And if that's us, gentlemen, listen. All we have is pitch on the outside. And we don't have what God's calling us to have on the inside. It's time for the men of Christian Life Church to continue putting pitch on the outside of the boat. But don't forget about the pitch on the inside of the boat as well. Jesus has to be on the inside as well. Randy, if you'll help me. I appreciate what happens on Sunday morning in the church. But what's happening in your house on Tuesday? What's happening on Thursday? God's calling us to be the same men on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday as we are on Sundays. It took Noah 99 years to build the ark. Can you imagine? I can't really imagine. 99 years to build a boat. The blisters, the splinters, the smashed fingers. Oh, I would not have had hands left. (laughs) It would have not been good. Imagine how sore his body must have been from carrying the gopher wood. The ridicule right in the mockery of other families pointing fingers at Noah saying, You're so old-fashioned, Noah. In fact, you're kind of an idiot for what you're doing right now. Do you see any rain? Do you see what are you doing, Noah? But here's what I love. Here's what I absolutely love about this story. That there was one thing that changed all of that for Noah. 
There was one sound that changed everything of that for Noah. You know what it was? You ready? Drip. 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 All of a sudden, all the rules and the kids that were saying, Dad, why did you make me do why I was ridiculed at school? Because you wouldn't let me go and do. All of a sudden, that stuff didn't matter so much anymore. Drip, 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 drip. Daddy, thank you. Daddy, I know I never thanked you before because I thought you were just being mean. I thought you were just too hard. I thought you were just too difficult. Drip, Daddy, thank you for building a boat that's going to get me out of this disaster and out of this storm. The sound of water changed everything for Noah and his family. Suddenly it doesn't seem so extreme, does it? Suddenly the, the lines that, that I'm preaching about today, that there's some absolutes and some things that we must keep out of our home and some things that we must keep in our home. Suddenly it doesn't sound so extreme anymore, dads. Because if you know a flood is coming, if you know it's going to rain, then it doesn't matter to you what anybody else says. It doesn't matter who points their fingers and makes fun of you because you know you have heard the word of the Lord. Build a boat, Noah. I know they may not understand. I, may, I know they may not get it. It may seem so extravagant and crazy and loony, but if you will heed my voice and listen to my word and do it exactly like I tell you, Noah, you and your family will be saved. Would you stand with me all across the house today? You know, dads, there's only going to be one thing that changes everything for you. Because, listen, I know, I know many of the dads in the house today, and you're incredible fathers, incredible men of God. And you've drawn lines in your family and you've, you've kept those lines in your family. And there's been people I know that have pointed fingers at you and look at you funny because you choose to do things a different way. Because you choose to live a Christian lifestyle. There's going to be one thing that changes everything for you, Dad. You know what it is? It's a sound. It's the sound of a trumpet. When Jesus comes back, it's going to change everything for you, Dad. It's going to change everything for me. Come on, church. It's the sound of a trumpet. And don't you know how incredible it's going to be? I can just imagine. I'm taking my liberty here. This is not necessarily in the Bible, but it would be awesome if it happened. That one of the angels grabs a microphone in heaven. says, hey, here, here comes Noah who has feared the Lord, built a boat for the saving of his family. And he says, but not only Noah's coming, but look who else is coming. There's Royce who has built a boat 
for the saving of his family. There's Jim, who, who has feared the Lord and built a boat according to the word of God for the saving of his family. And they didn't just come by themselves. Do you see who they've got with them? Look who's coming along with them as they walk through the pearly gates. There's their wife. There's their children. They built a boat to save their family. Man, God is sending a call out to some boat builders. Because unless... Your family receives a miracle from God. They will not make it if you do not build a boat. Build your boat according to the word of God. Stay close enough to the spirit that you can be led when you have to make split second decision. Go with God's designed plan because his plan will not fail you. But his plan will save your family. I wonder if we have any dads in the house today as I close. Listen, I don't, I don't need you to come down here, but here's what I want you to do, dads. If you're a dad, I just want you to step out from where you are. If you want to come down here because it's easier, you can. But I just want to pray over you today. And I want the rest of the church, here's how I want to kick off man month around here. I want you to step out in an aisle. Come on, dads, go ahead. Step out in an aisle for me. And everybody that remains in your seats, here, here's what I need you to do. I need you to help me. I want you to turn. And if you're close enough, lay your hand on the shoulder of a dad in the house. If you can, I want you to stretch your hands towards a particular dad in the house. And I want you to pray that God would continue to give them courage and strength. To keep the process of building the boat that you've already started going. Don't give up when it gets difficult, but to keep going because the boat you're building, Dad, will save your family. Would you do that? Come on, reach over and pray for somebody right now. Lord, we love you today. God, I thank you for the men of Christian Life Church. God, I thank you. And that concludes today's message please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.